the majority of consumers out there that are spending money in a variety of industries and niches say that the brand's tone of voice in their marketing and in their messaging helps them build an emotional connection to the company. You're listening to the Freedom Found Podcast, an audio community for freedom-driven entrepreneurs wanting to build and scale an impactful online business that allows you to spend more time with your toes in the sand than your fingers on the keyboard. I'm your host, Crystal Church. I'm a copywriter and consultant, borderless entrepreneur, and wannabe dog mom. On this podcast, we'll talk all things online business, marketing, strategy, mindset, health, travel, and what it's really like to be a borderless entrepreneur. Freedom Found is all about equipping you with insight and actionable tips to help you build your business around your life so you can spend more time exploring new cities, hanging with your family, working on that new business project, or quite frankly, however the hell you'd like. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Found podcast and today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite all-time copywriting topics, voice. Because voice is where your copy comes alive, it's where you can add personality or you can tone it down and you can adapt tone of voice and it just leads to better connection with your readers. And if you don't believe me, listen to this statistic, 65% just soak that in first. 65% of consumers say that a brand's tone of voice helps them build an emotional connection to the company. The majority of consumers out there that are spending money in a variety of industries and niches say that the brand's tone of voice in their marketing and in their messaging helps them build an emotional connection to the company. So if you weren't already thinking like voice is a really, really fun element to play with as a copywriter and to expand the depth of the copy that you are writing, now you know that there is some data backing why voice is such an integral part of the copy and the messaging that you create either for yourself or for your clients. So we are going to dive into three easy ways to boost voice in your copy, because I know if you have sat down to write something with voice and you want it to be witty or you want it to be funny or you want it to be sassy, that at times it can be difficult. I know that. I to sit down sometimes and I stare at that cursor on my Google Doc, okay? I stare at it and I'm like, ideas, where are you? But when we have tools in our toolbox that we can pull out, tried and true methods, getting those ideas down on paper becomes that much easier and then enhancing our existing work becomes so streamlined in the revision process. So here's the deal three ways to boost voice in your copy. There are so many different things that I could talk about. So I'm going to try to get really tangible for you today and give you some nitty gritty examples and tips and tools for you to go and put in your toolbox ready to be pulled out and also give you a broader sense of advice that you can go and tap into. If you'd like to go deeper on this, if you'd like to really elevate your copy, we'll talk about how you can do that as well. So the first I'm going to mention here is a little bit selfish and here's why it is my favorite my favorite 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 just go and look at the casey website way to add voice and not just voice but personality into my copy and i do this a lot inside of the casey copy studio when we work with clients my junior copywriters and i often use 
eyebrow and teardrop copy to create an emotion, to create personality, to be able to accentuate a feeling that we want to bring about or an atmosphere that we want to set, a tone that we'd like to create. These two tools are like copywriter secret weapons. I am not effing around, okay? These are probably the most underrated and in my personal opinion, highest wielding tools that are overlooked in copywriting because they seem so small and because they often seem anecdotal or they seem like they are just there to add flair. But I promise you, when you add voice, you're not just adding flair. When you add personality, you're not just adding flair. What you're doing is giving you an advantage to create an emotional connection with the brand that you are writing for, right? 65% of consumers say that a brand's tone of voice helps them build emotional connection with a company. So how can we build tone of voice in our copy? That's the question. One way we can do that is with eyebrow and teardrop copy. So you might be right now nodding along like Crystal. Yes, I have used them and I know the power that they can wield. So if that's you, I'm so excited to be in this little club with you. And if you don't know what it is yet, welcome to the freaking club. Because once you tap into eyebrow and teardrop copy, I think you're not going to want to go back. I'm serious. Okay, so here's what it is. Have you ever gone to a page, let's say a website, a landing page, a sales page, and you see a heading, right? Like a main core heading. And then above it, there is small copy. So the text is literally small in its font size. So the font point is smaller than the main heading. It's also likely smaller or similar in size to the body copy is definitely smaller than the heading and the subheading or the crosshead, depending on what terminology you use. And it is adding context to what's coming or it's adding a little splash of voice. If you've ever seen that uh, right above a heading, a little bit of copy, small, that is eyebrow copy, right? Because it's like an eyebrow sitting on top of the eye or sitting on top of the face. Now you could probably guess what teardrop copy is. Teardrop copy is if you have ever seen something like a heading or subheading and then there is a small piece of copy underneath it. Again, small font size. The literal size of the font point is small and it might be elaborating further or, and I'll get into the rules around using eyebrow and teardrop in a second. It might be adding additional information there. That is teardrop copy. So eyebrow is above, teardrop is below the heading. Now here's the thing, the rule to using these two and what I think some people get wrong is Eyebrow and teardrop copy, in my opinion, the way that we write here at the Casey Copy Studio, should not be used. There's an exception here and there to this rule, but most of the time should not be used to add additional information that needs to be read in conjunction with the main heading or with the body copy underneath it. What I mean by this is you should be able to have skim readers on your page, skim read, skip over the eyebrow, skip over the teardrop, and just read the main headings that you have. And if they wanna pop in and read some body copy here there, that's their choice as a skimmer, and still understand the points you are making. So eyebrow copy in its essence 
adds an additional layer of information or context to the main heading, which means you can read the heading on its own, but if you read them in tandem, then you're going to get more information. So this is for the reader that is not the skimmer, right? Because we know there are different types of readers that come to our page. It's a whole different conversation. You've got skimmers, you've got people who read everything, you've got people who go and they pick and choose different sections. The person who is going to skim is not who we want to read the eyebrow copy. That's okay. We let them go. Anybody else who is going to read the whole page or go and read sections, we're hoping to give them some additional information or build additional rapport through our eyebrow copy. So eyebrow copy can be used, again, to provide additional information to call out an ideal client avatar, right? Like, for example, if I was writing for copywriters, I would say, hey, copywriter, I could put that in eyebrow copy if I wanted to call them out and get them to self-select or I can purely use it to add flair, add voice, add personality, and perhaps add some context along with it. That's primarily how we use this at the Casey Copy Studio. We often like to include eyebrow copy for voice, personality, and additional context. You can see examples of this on the new KC website. So if you want to go take a look, you can go look there. You'll also see tons of examples of teardrop copy as well. So teardrop is going to be the same thing. Somebody can read the heading on its own, standalone. They should be able to understand the point you're making in your heading. And if you want to make an additional point or you want to make a joke, or often I play around with putting things in brackets in teardrop copy or asterisks in teardrop copy um, and just allow for a second punch or again, additional information or context that builds from the heading. But the only way that we allow these two to work, this comes back to my primary role with using them and you might be different and that's okay. This is just how we use them here at the Casey Copy Studio because I believe that it works better for the reader, personal opinion. The only way that we use them is if we can remove them both, if we can remove the eyebrow and the teardrop, you don't have to have both, but if you do, if somebody can still understand just by reading the heading. So literally I will cover them up on the page or I will delete them off the Google doc and be like, okay, does this section still make sense if we don't have these with context added above or below the main heading? And if the answer is yes, great, I'll undo my delete and I will let them live there, either if it's just one or the other or if it's both. So just to repeat, you don't have to have eyebrow and teardrop copy happening at the same time, sandwiching the same heading. You can. You can also just have a heading with teardrop copy underneath it, or you can have eyebrow copy with a heading underneath it. Any of those formations are totally okay in my books, so long as the heading makes sense without that. So one of my pet peeves here with using eyebrow copy incorrectly is by starting a like quote unquote half sentence that's then supposed to be continued by the headline. So you'll see people use eyebrow copy that says the first, let's say three to six words of whatever the headline is. And it's usually done like this, honestly, by a designer. And this is where I think copywriters and designers can come together to have a bit of communication over bringing design and to emphasize the copy in the right way and allowing copy to dictate design, not the other way around. But I digress. That's a whole different conversation. 
having a half sentence then lead on to the headline means that you're going to get those skimmers that go through and they don't understand what you're talking about. I was on somebody's website yesterday. That's what happened. And I was like, what? This headline doesn't even make sense. And then I realized that the first half of it was in the eyebrow copy, which is not how it should be used. So little disclaimer there, when it is used correctly, eyebrow copy infuses personality. It rounds out your informational messaging with fun and flair, and it builds your brand voice and personality. And it really just makes human connection. So people are entertained more, it builds rapport with your readers. If you're wanting to add more of a conversational tone into your messaging, which helps with brand voice and overall personality, we'll talk about that in a moment, then I recommend using eyebrow copy that adds just a tiny bit of context, like two words above your copy. So for example, if on your website you have the headline, you deserve to scale your business in a feel good way. Above it, you could have the eyebrow copy that reads, simply put. So obviously there's precursor like context above this, then somebody's scrolling down and it says, simply put, you deserve to scale your business in a feel good way. Adds a little bit of a conversational tone, adds a little bit of voice there, right? But they can also still read it if they're a skimmer on its own standalone as the headline. I personally love to use and recommend eyebrow and especially teardrop copy with variations in punctuation, especially things like parentheses. If you can put something in parentheses above or below the main headline, you can just add a little bit of that feeling that, you know, this might be your internal dialogue, internal thoughts, or it might be a little joke or quip that you're throwing in there for them. Um, and another thing that you can do is really just call out that ideal client. So for example, if you have um, the title of a training, let's say, so how to grow your wellness brand in five simple steps. Above it, you could have the ICA indicator as the eyebrow copy. So free training for yoga teachers, for example. And that will give context. If somebody reads both, wonderful. They can self-select. If I'm a yoga teacher, yes, now I know this training is definitely for me. However, if we've just got a skimmer and somebody who doesn't want to read everything that's on the page and they just skip to the title there, they'll still be able to see quick and easy what that training is about. So those are a couple of examples for you. I highly recommend you start looking at more sites and your own copy and see how you can use it more so if you're already using it or how you can increase the level of voice that you're bringing to eyebrow and teardrop copy and how if you look at a page that uses eyebrow and teardrop copy, like if you look at our website, like I said, that's a great example to go to, you'll see that we have thrown most of the personality in with those elements. There's personality throughout like the general copy, the body copy throughout the website, but a lot of the little pieces of personality and flair that we add is in the eyebrow and teardrop pieces. It's like a nice little copy hack for you. Okay, number two, the second way that you can start to do to easily boost more voice in your copy is keep it conversational. I touched on this in step number one, and I'm gonna kind of keep this as an umbrella and explain the internal facets. So writing conversational copy, there's so many different things that you can do to do so and so many different benefits from it. So let me just point out, conversational copy does not have to be, hey girl, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Conversational copy can be elevated and conversational, witty and conversational, sassy and conversational, professional and conversational. There are lots of different voices that you can add 
a conversational tone too. And that's important to say because I think so many brands, and these might be your clients, it might be you going into it, depending on what kind of industry that you've been writing for. But especially I've seen this with clients feel a little bit worried about sounding conversational and thinking that that is going to make them sound unprofessional. So I think that pointing out as a copywriter, when you're working with somebody, the value of this and building rapport means that when you can bring in both voice and a conversational tone, you're able to build that rapport so much quicker with readers because they feel like they're talking to and listening to a best friend, right? Now, there are two primary ways I wanna talk about doing that today. The first is so, so important. If you are not doing this already, I highly encourage you to dig into it. It's something that it takes time to build a process for and a system for, but makes your writing process so much easier. And I've talked about this a ton, voice of customer data. Okay. So voice of customer, if you're already doing this, wonderful. There are ways that we can continue to adapt. Like even at the KC studio, we're refining our workflows and processes for this and making sure that we're always looking in places that are going to help us yield the best data, i.e. be able to copy and paste words from our customers' mouths or our clients' customers' mouths into our projects so that we can deduce the primary messages that they need to read, so we can distill their brand messaging down into messaging that is going to hit home for them, and so that we can see from a data perspective and not just guess what we think is going to be the most impactful messaging. So voice of customer, so key to either start doing if you're not and continue to refine if you already are. And this really starts from a place of you sourcing words from the ideal customer of whatever it is that you are selling or nurturing towards. So you're either selling something actively like on a sales page, sales email, or you are nurturing towards a sale that's going to happen in the future, like in a welcome sequence, for example, or in blog content. Okay, so you get my drift. Now, voice of customer can come literally from their mouth. So you can conduct interviews. That's something we do at the studio. You don't have to conduct customer interviews. There are ways that you can message mine for voice of customer, but some of our very, very best voice of customer work comes from voice of customer interviews that we do with our clients, clients. So I recommend, you know, dabbling in that if you haven't already. And then you can also source, like I said, in areas that are on the interweb depths. So Reddit is one of our favorites, Facebook groups, yada, yada, Amazon reviews, so many different places. This is us literally going and copying somebody's exact words about why they bought a product, what made them switch from something else, what their struggles were before they got it, the problem they wanted to solve, the transformation that they had, how grateful they were, the surprising thoughts they had about investing in that product or service. And we literally take that, it's what's called sticky copy, taken directly from their mouth, we copy and we paste it right into our work. Now we've got a much more in-depth process for collecting it all, distilling it, collating everything into categories, and then really just taking our key messages. And I'll just let you know, a lot of our headlines come directly from our voice of customer. And then of course our body copy does as well, but we'll take a lot of short sentences that we see people say and say, wow, that's a standout headline right there. So voice of customer makes your job also easier as a copywriter. Now with our voice of customer, 
we can then create a more conversational tone because we're literally taking the words that people say on a regular basis, day to day in conversation, and we're reflecting them back to the reader so they feel seen and we can more deeply understand their needs and thoughts and how to speak to them. So with this, with voice of customer, I think it also helps you keep a consistency in your voice, a consistency in the way that you write, because when you have a reader on your page or you have just a customer that's in your world consuming content and consuming your messaging in different places, you want to make sure that you maintain a certain amount of consistency across your brand messaging, right? So when you use voice of customer, you're able to keep consistency in what they expect from you as a brand and really great copy entertains the reader. It transforms their thoughts into new perspectives without jarring them through the process. And that is often strengthened with that voice of customer and that data to back it up. Now, the second way that you can keep things conversational is another favorite of mine, varied sentence structure, length, and punctuation. Now, if you have ever taken an email training from me, you know I talk about this a ton and some of my very best examples are in email. So if you're not in the email list, you can go ahead and go and opt into our new quiz that's gonna be linked down below for copywriters and you can join the list that way and you can see what I'm talking about. But for now, I will have to describe it to you. Varied sentence structure and length of sentence structure is so key in keeping things conversational because we don't always have long sentences. And sometimes we'll have long sentences interspersed with shorter ones, with one-off words, just a couple of words, and then spacing and punctuation to add depth to those words that we're saying, further allowing us to evoke a certain meaning. Okay, so what I'm talking about is making sure that we break up the copy and the text accordingly and not just into smaller sentences. Sometimes you need longer ones and that's okay right? But where you can, breaking up the text, even if it makes your email look twice as long in somebody's inbox, break it up. I tell you, I've gotten so many replies from people telling me, your emails are the longest emails that I read, but I always read them till the end because, you know, it carries me through. They're my favorite, yada, yada. And that's because I try to make the reader experience as easy as possible. Not every email is going to be like that, but if you can frequently use varied sentence structure and length. You're keeping their brain on its toes while they're reading. You're also making it easier to jump to the next line because if somebody sees there's only two words or six words or eight words on the next line, well, it makes it a lot easier to read. And then maybe the line after that has two words. And then maybe there's a long sentence after that. Great. Well, I don't mind consuming that because I just had a couple of short ones and it helped move the reader down the page. And it also helps you boost voice. Because this is how we speak conversationally. And a lot of old corporate websites, if you look at them, the ones that were quote unquote trying to be professional, the 90s, the noughties, and so forth, even many today, have big blocks of copy. And I know that you know that that is not good copywriting. And that is not the best way to present messaging or an offer to somebody because nobody's going to sit there and read it because we are inherently lazy as humans. And that's okay. We can write for inherently lazy people by adding in white space, varying that length, varying that structure. And then you can add some more voice in, especially with punctuation. How are you using quotes, ellipses, asterisks, semicolons? One of my favorites, a well-placed semicolon can do a lot for voice and conversational tone. 
Okay. So many other ways that you can throw punctuation in to mix things up and give somebody a feeling or evoke a feeling that you would like them to have on the page. And sometimes this means just putting a dash or a hyphen after you've said something and then putting a couple of spaces and then the next thing or your main point and really letting that point sink in then really giving that point its own time and its own justice. And this just helps it feel more like a flowy, easy breezy conversation. And finally, the third way for you to include more voice in your copy is through storytelling. And I don't just mean you need to sit down and tell a story of one time when X, Y, and Z happened. And here's the first doorway, the climax and the final doorway. If you know the hero's journey, I mean, you can tell a story even on a website page, even on a sales page, and especially in email, blog copy, et cetera, from first person where you take them to a place and a time. I've seen this done so well on some sales pages lately where you take people back, you walk them through your experience and it's not just a quick summary bio, but you actually take them to your experience and you let them see inside your heart, inside your mind. So you're talking to them from that first person and unleashing this story bit by bit. Okay, so that's one way to do that. The second way to do that is from second person. So saying you, and you'll play around with these two on your website in different places, but specifically through the lens of story. If you're saying it from second person, they are the hero. Again, done really well in email sales pages and even some web copy where you're talking to them as if they are going through this experience right now and you can set up the problem they're experiencing, nurturing them through the phases of awareness, but saying this through a story so they feel pulled along. That will bring so much voice into your copy because again, it's not just a bland recap of a biography or, hey, have you ever felt like this? And I know you've tried to DIY, but blah, blah, blah. It didn't work because. No, I'm talking about taking them through a story where you're saying, I know how your day has gone today, or I know, and maybe you're talking through one of the most difficult times that they've had, or one of the most exciting or inspiring, like depending on the content and the goal of that content. If you can tell a story and make them the hero, you can so easily add voice into that, add humor or emotion and connect with them and build deeper rapport, deeper emotional connection. So there there are lots of different ways that you can add story. These are three easy ways that you can start to incorporate more story into your copy. And there are a few things I want you to avoid because I know a lot of people think about voice in their copy as it needs to be humorous or it needs to be over the top. But there's so much voice you can add even to a professional brand and others who have yet to really understand or master what their voice is yet. So it gives you time as a copywriter, whether that's your brand or a client's brand, to just start to experiment with that and start to really distill down to what the core messaging components will be and voice of the brand. So you don't need to have a bunch of on-theme puns you know, or add in so many jokes everywhere to add voice. Now, don't get me wrong. I like a well-placed pun and joke. Those can add voice and humor and wit to a page. However, overdoing it looks like we're trying too hard. And often we can't tell that as a copywriter because we're so close to the project. 
but our readers can tell when they read and they get that feeling of it's trying too hard or this is like a lot or over the top. So that's why I encourage you, once you've got voice in there, have somebody read it and have somebody tell you back what are the three words they would use to describe the voice or describe the writing or describe what they read. What stood out to them? What did they like, dislike? And have a thicker skin here, right? You are not the writing and feedback helps us get better. Now, you also don't have to take the feedback from everybody, but having a few different people read it and looking for commonalities between can be really helpful. Okay, so where you can go and add this voice, your website copy, your email newsletters, your blog posts, your sales pages, sales copy, of course, your social media copy. There are so many different places that you can go and start adding and incorporating voice. So as you're going through your tasks, your marketing tasks this week, I want you to start just adding a little more flair here and there. I think as copywriters, it's our job to continue to perfect and adapt and grow our skill sets and just have fun with the process. So enjoy it. Now, I want to share with you a review of the month. Left on Apple Podcasts, this is from Michaela. It's like my fairy marketing copywriting godmother. This podcast not only gives insightful tips into being a badass business owner, marketing, copywriting, and growing a business from scratch, but it makes you feel heard too. In a cacophony of do this and do that, KC and team actually gives insightful processes to get things done. I'm so happy I found KC and the Freedom Found podcast. It's helped me navigate so many business challenges and obstacles, and I'm so grateful. Congrats on the 100th episode. Michaela, thank you so, so much for that. I so appreciate that, and I'm so glad that you were here in this community. Now, to celebrate the 100th episode of the Freedom Found podcast, not only are we about to release our podcast upgrade, including our new cover art that you Y'all voted on last week on Instagram stories. I am so excited about this. We are running a 100th episode giveaway for our dedicated Freedom Found podcast listeners, which is you, my friend. It is my way of saying thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and supporting, whether you've been around since episode one or this is your first time tuning in. Thank you. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. So we are going to give away a $500 Casey brand gift card to one lucky listener this July. All you need to do is head to Apple Podcasts, leave a review and share your screenshot with me on IG. My handle is at crystal.church. Then I will add your name to our shortlist. And at the end of the month, I'm drawing a winner and I'm sending you a $500 Casey gift card. That lucky winner is going to get that in their email inbox and get instant access towards Casey products. So that could go toward buying Daybreak Genius Masterclass, my signature masterclass to teach copywriters how to do day rates in their business. I've also had non-copywriters buy this and love it. Ignite Your Inbox, my signature email course to write a nurturing, powerful welcome sequence for your list and even sell in it. Elevated Brand Accelerator, teaching copywriters how to lay the foundations in their business and so much more. So all you need to do is take 30 seconds, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It means more than you know, because reviews are what help Apple know if they should share our podcast with more women like you that are looking for this kind of no fluff business inspiration and to just get some support each week. So head on over, leave a review, have a beautiful rest of your week, and I will catch you in the next episode.
thank you so much for being a loyal Freedom Found podcast listener. And if you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would pass this on to a friend. This is how we can help support each other and get this message out to more women that might be waiting right now to hear a message just like this. So you can go and share this with your business best friend right now or head on over to leave us a five-star review. Your small gesture really does mean more than you know. Thank you so, so much. Love you lots and I'll catch you next time.